Thank you for listening to audio from Century Baptist Church. To connect with us, visit our website, centurybaptist.org, or download the Century Baptist Church app. Morning. My name is Josh Brown. Uh, this is my family. This is Angela, Ava, Aubrey, Amara, and Elena. Uh, this morning, the Advent passage is from Ephesians three fourteen through nineteen. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Out of the eternal riches of his glory, God demonstrated his love for us by sending Jesus to live, die, and rise again so that we can fully partake of his love. Let our hearts savor the reality of this love this Christmas season as we display and demonstrate God's love to those around us. Merry Christmas. Good morning, everybody. Great that we could be together. That, that's exactly right. That's what we're going to talk about today. God demonstrated his love for us. He showed us his love. He gave us his love and his son, Jesus Christ. And it's my hope and my prayer that today that we all would truly not just understand it, not just know it, but to know it to the point that it changes, that affects us, that our lives are changed. We need to be reminded of that so often. When you think back on your experiences of Christmas, what stands out to you? We've been asking you for a while now, there are those little cards there in your, uh, in your pew that you could kind of send us some of your memories. We're going to tap into those in the coming weeks um, because what we're doing in this series that we're calling Vintage Christmas uh, is really trying to help us to look back, to remember in a world today that, that can kind of be full of bitterness and as we talked about last week, cynicism, Christmas rolls around and, you know, it, uh, the, the commercialization just continues to grow and it can sometimes just make us angry or we could let it remind us just about what this is all about. And, and the more it grows, the more we celebrate uh, what God has done in the world and what He continues to do. The magnitude of Christmas right now is a little overwhelming. You, there are channels. We turned it on last night. There's a channel that you can just turn on and it's just a fake fireplace, right? Just to celebrate Christmas, playing some Christmas music. There's channels devoted to Christmas movies. Um, by the way, th- those Hallmark movies, if you watch one, you watch them all. Um, sorry about that. Uh, but there's radio stations, aisles and aisles and aisles of decor. Um, but it all began with what this is all about, right? Jesus coming to earth, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, to rescue us and to save us. And so our hope is that through our time together, as we look back at the Psalms, that we can look back to even before when Christ came to this earth to be like those who are longing for it, reminding ourselves of really why Jesus came. Because God loves us and knows that we needed, knew that we needed rescue. 
And he did that for us. And it should change the way that we celebrate, the way that we live our lives, and the way that we interact with others. One of the most frustrating things as um, a dad in my years, when my kids were little, uh, because we would go out and we would find them maybe the toy that they asked for. And, and I don't know who works in these uh, companies, these factories that packages these toys, but you all know this. They're impossible to get into. Uh, and, and the worst part about it is, is that we just get done wrapping all the presents, so who knows where the scissors are, right? And so now it's time you give your kids these action figures or whatever they are, and, and all of a sudden now I need a scissors to open this thing. And you can't find them anywhere, right? And, and uh, the, the ER is just overwhelmed on Christmas Eve with dads. With, they lost their thumbs and cut hands because we're trying to use whatever we can, right, to open up all these, this packaging. Or, like me, here's my, here's my fault as my kids were growing up. I seemed to buy them all the toys that needed the batteries that no one has on hand anymore, right? D batteries. How about everything that needed D batteries? Who has D batteries anymore. The thing about Christmas that we need to understand is that when we get Jesus, we don't need anything else to go along with that gift. We have everything that we need right there. That's the beauty of it all. When when God gave us His Son, He gave us everything that we were longing for that maybe we didn't even know that we needed. And our role now is is that we just celebrate in such a beautiful way, the way that our worship team helped us do this morning. We need reminders of how good God is. That's what Psalm 103 is about. That's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at the, just the first half of this psalm. It's a rather lengthy one. It's written by King David uh, as a, a song, but it's strange. There's a bit, of, a bit of trivia for us. It's one of only two psalms in all of the psalms that's a song of worship, but it's not directed at God. It's actually, as we read through it, you'll realize it's directed toward him. He's not worshiping himself. It's a song of praise about who God is, but it's David singing to his own soul. Right? This convincing, kind of saying, hey, you've, you've found yourself in a bad place and you're starting to think life isn't so good and you're starting that like we do, when life isn't so good, what do we think? God, where are you? God, why are you allowing this to happen? And we start to give God negative characteristics. But this is what, this is what David writes. And I'm going to, today in our three points, I'm going to break this psalm up because there's a lot to it. It's wordy. And so let me just give you the first five verses. This is what David says to himself. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity. Who heals all of your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Father, we thank You for Your Word and we thank You for times that we could come together to dig deeper into it. To really understand it. Uh, Father, today we don't want to just be learners. Let this be more than mere head knowledge today, but let it, let it cut to our hearts to remind us of how incredible You are. God, that we would then know uh, that we are called out into the world to live out this gospel truth, that You love the world, that You sent Your Son for it. But Father, the only way we can go out and do it is with great joy. 
And the only way we get that joy is by understanding this incredible love that you have for us. So may you give us that message today through your word. Amen. So let me just talk about a love for Christmas this morning. I, I, uh, there's just some factors, right, in what it means to, to have a great love for Christmas that I've kind of just taken from. And the first is just being able to embrace the buildup, right? Really, a lot of the enjoyment that we have about, the Chris, about Christmas is the season itself. That for some of you weirdos, starts in like October, right? Where, you know, you're pulling the, out the boxes and, you know, and, and all of a sudden uh, you're, you're out shopping in the, in the you know, summer ends. That's what happens if you go to the store. As soon as school supplies leave these stores, in come all of the ornaments and the trees. And you're like, what in the world? I mean, people need help. I, I look like I'm I look like one well, I'm one of them because my lights are still up in March. <laughs> and that's just because I hate going out and, and taking them down in, in the cold. And I hope the wind would just do it. Uh, but but I, remember, maybe you don't want to remember, but remember at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, as you drove around town, all of a sudden it was cool. Some people just started putting up their Christmas decorations. Hey, right? It wasn't anywhere near Christmas, but, but they started putting them back up. Why? And they said, because there's just something uh, about Christmas decorations that just do something within us, that bring back that, that spirit of joy that, that people needed uh, at the time. There's this, this shift that we all need at times, a sudden shift in our, in our being and in our hearts and in our souls to take us off of the negative uh, and to put us into the right trajectory. And that's what David is doing. He, he's saying, hey, soul, that means your, your inmost being. It's everything that, that makes you who you are on the inside. He's saying, hey, uh, we got to change our attitude. And what we need to do is we need to start blessing and we need to start praising God and worshiping Him. And so he's got to convince himself, first of all, about how that happens. And he does that through this psalm by reminding himself of the incredible things that God does for him uh, and for others. He says, all of my inward parts need to be raised up, need to be excited. So he calls upon all of his being to bless the Lord. That word bless in the Hebrew language, which Hebrew is what uh, Old Testament was originally in. Uh, It's important for us to know it and to understand it. It's rich. We'll get to that in a little bit. But David repeats this over and over again, this word bless, Baruch. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord. And, and really, the, it's, it's more than just praise. It, it really has a, a humility meaning behind it. So we'll get to this in a little bit. But, um, and you probably don't read Hebrew. I, I fake it really well. Um, but this, the word Baruch is in Hebrew, the, the word that you have there on the right. The center letter is the, word, uh, the letter Resh in Hebrew. And in Hebrew, the, letter, the, the letters that we have in this beautiful alphabet, uh, standing alone, uh, have meaning. And sometimes it's, it's pictorial. And so the ancient Hebrews would see a letter and they would give it certain meanings based on what it looked like. And that second letter in the middle there is resh, and it looks like someone bent over. It's humility. And so at the center of blessing is, is, this, is humility. 
that we come before God acknowledging, we talk about blessings as being great things that, that come to us. And we need to be humble enough to understand that we can't manufacture it ourselves, that, that what we need can only come uh, from the Father, His provision. So an extended definition uh, of bless is to recognize God's richness, to recognize that only He can provide what it is that we need, and then acknowledging that, that we're not self-sufficient enough to, to manufacture what we need, but only can receive it from God and we recognize all that He does for us. So then what that does within us is we praise, we worship, we bless the Lord. Now, when we read in Scripture that God blesses His people, it doesn't mean the same thing. It means that He is the one that, that is the only one who can provide. He is Yahweh. He is I Am. And He takes care of us. That He gives us all that we need. And we, in turn, He deserves our praise. If you notice, we're uh, back in, in Psalm 103. Last week, I, I explained a little bit about when we find uh, the word God in the Old Testament, when we see the word Lord in all caps. It has different, uh, it's the same God, but describing different characteristics. We're back to all caps this week. It's the holy name of God, the great I Am that He gave Moses, Yahweh. It's the personal God of His people. That's what, that's what David is acknowledging. God, I acknowledge that you are the personal God that can only give me what it is uh, that I truly, desperately need. And because you are that God, I will praise you. But he's saying, but oh soul, we're starting to stray. We're starting to forget that he is only the provider and, and things are getting tough and my enemies are rising up against me and my, my soul is becoming weary and it feels like my life is going down into the pits and I'm feeling sick and I have to realize that it is only the one true God that can take care of all of these problems. Nothing else. But he's got to remind himself, hey soul, don't forget it. Hey soul, remember all that he has done for you? So he says, so with all that is within me. It's, it's not just a prayer, but it's action. Everything that I am. As Paul says in Romans 12, 1, he said that we're called to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. In other words, with everything that we have, that we give ourselves to the Lord for all that He's done for us, I will worship you and praise you with not just my words on a Sunday morning, not just with the clapping and the raising of my hands, but with every breath that comes out of my mouth as I live my life every day. It'll just show you. It's a life of worship. For all that you've done. Verse 2 repeats it again. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Right? It says it three times. We need to be reminded over and over and over again. The why and how. Forget not His benefits. Memory, it's been said, is one of the best aids in worship. One of the best helps that we have in worship. You may be going through something now. But the only way you got to now is that God got you through everything that's happened in the past. And you're here today. All praise and thanks to God. The rest of the psalm really is David's list that he kind of makes for himself. As to all that God has done and why God deserves our praise and all that He's done for us. We've been asking you to give these Christmas stories of 
maybe your favorite Christmas memories. And so uh, I only felt it appropriate that the first one that I share with you comes from who we call the Christmas Queen uh, herself, the one who has collected all of these stories, April Wall, uh, who said that her favorite Christmas memory was uh, getting the Barbie Dream House last year from Jordan. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but, but the great thing is, she said, but it, wasn't, it was amazing to get that, that Barbie Dream House. But what happened next is what has stuck with her for the rest of her life is her dad stayed up all night putting it together. It's that memory that she says means more to her today than the gift that, that she got as a little girl. And it's built into the relationship that she has with her dad today. It's those types of memories that we, that we hold on to over the years that, that then make us go, I want to pass that on. I want to make those memories for, for my children and the people that I love and the time that I spend with. It causes us to do the same for others. So David says, so, so let it flow out of you. What it is, the truth that you know that God has done for you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Praise Him. Humble yourself before Him. Give Him the credit that is due for all that He has done and given you what you need. David says, bless Him. The most important one starts right off the beginning. Because He forgives our iniquities. He forgives our, our sins. That word iniquity means when we deviate from the norm. When we get off the path that God has told us to walk on. And who heals us of all of our diseases. That word diseases, if we were to go back, original translation means what we do that is grievous. What are the things that we do that grieve God? The sin that we find ourselves in. Are you one who comes before Him humble, bent over, submissive to God, repenting? The blessing of forgiveness is given to the poor, those that don't deserve it, right? Those that have seemed to be spending it all on the things of the world that go against what God wants. And, and we come before the Father and we are forgiven. 1 John 1, nine tells us that, right? If we confess our sins, which means that we go before God and we humbly acknowledge that what we've done has has strayed from the norm, that the truth that He has set for us. He's faithful and He's just to forgive us of our sin. He redeems our life from the pit and crowns us with loving kindness and mercy. Again, the original picture, original understanding of that word that He crowns us mean is that He hangs ornaments on us. Right? His... His love and His mercy and His grace. That should move us from woe to worship. A life that's renewed, as David says, like the eagles. Strong. Fly. Do what it is that we're made to do because we know who we are through who God is. Have we embraced it? Does your soul believe it? And then it goes on, verses 6 through 10, in the, again, just constant uh, gifts that God has bestowed upon us. Verses 6 through 10 say this The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. 
He made known His ways to Moses, His acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful. He's gracious. He's slow to anger. He abounds in steadfast love. He will not always chide. He won't keep His anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins. He does not repay us according to our iniquities. We, we don't just sit back at Christmas and get excited about what is to come, but another thing that fuels us in Christmas is we get to be together with the people that we love. And, and, and David uh, here in this center section is really talking about do you value the source from where the gift you don't, is? It, it's not just about the gift. It's not just about what you receive, but, but do you take it deeper? Do you actually value and place top priority on the one who gives us these incredible gifts? The one that's the source of all of them. How much do you value it? I had another great memory that was shared with us. This is what it said. One Christmas, our family couldn't afford gifts. So we wrapped up items from around the house for each other, put them under the tree. One of my sisters opened uh, most of a box of batteries. Another, a half-eaten box of cereal. I got a jar of sweet potato mustard. Who hated you? Uh, and a can of smoked mussels. Years later, when visiting with my family, we reminisced about that Christmas and how much fun it was. The following winter, I got a care package in the mail at the bottom of the box in beautiful wrapping paper with a label on it from my dad was a can of sardines. Since then, my dad and I have sent each other some sort of canned seafood every Christmas. I love that story, right? There's, it's not about the gifts, right? It's not about mustard and, and sardines. It's about where it's coming from. It's about the memory behind it. It's about growing together as a family. So David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, for He does this, but who? Where's it coming from? Doesn't matter, doesn't matter what the gift is, right? In, in our lives, thank you. Thanks for thinking of me. Thank you for caring about me. David says, we have to go back to the source. Do we value him? Praise God for all that he does, that he's good to all. Now it, it kind of expands as David is spending time thinking about what all that God has done for him. He goes like, wait a minute, soul. We can praise God even more because it's not just about what he's done for me, but he's done this for everybody. He's rescued the world and he gets excited about it. He's good to all. Those that are oppressed are those that can't help themselves. It's God that's doing the work for them. It's His honor. Another memory came from someone who has been at Century for a while. And if you were here, if you've been here for about the last uh, over a decade ago, we, uh, we did one event one Christmas Eve we called Give Christmas Away where we uh, had people donate hundreds of gifts. And then everyone who came on Christmas Eve, we sent them out and said, now go find someone who couldn't be here tonight because they had to work. You know, firefighters and police officers and there were people at the hospitals and, and grocery stores and gas stations. We said, go find them. Those that couldn't get out and give them a gift and tell them how good God is. And the, the, the person who wrote, sent us that memory said, and we've been doing it with our family ever since. There's an impact that it has because of, of, of what God has done for us, this incredible gift we've received. We want to just continue 
to do it. God does what He does because of who He is. Not, not because of who we are. We are who we are because of what God does for us. What it is that He's done for us and who He says that we are. He's merciful and gracious, David says. He's slow to anger and He abounds in steadfast love. Steadfast love means that His, love never, his level of love never changes based on our circumstances. He's like, well, it looks like they need a little more today. right? Oh, they don't need as much. It's God. God only knows how to do things 100%. Do you believe that? And do you receive it that, that you are loved by God with all that He has to offer? Have you received it? He's merciful and He is gracious and then David puts in the middle, he remembers, he, God made His way known to Moses, His acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. David is remembering what Exodus 34 talks about. You see, if you remember, if you're familiar with the story of Moses going up to Mount Sinai and getting the Ten Commandments from God, Moses is up there for a while. And God's people don't really truly understand who God is, and so they're confused. Well, Moses has been up on the mountain for too long, and he's our leader. And so if he's not going to come down and tell us what's going on, let's make our own God, and we'll worship him. Moses, bad timing for the people. Moses then comes down just as they finish this uh, building this idol that they're worshiping, and he smashes uh, the Ten Commandments, right? He's so angry. And he rebukes the people, and he says, I'm going back up there now. I'm gonna, hold on i got to go talk to God now about you fools. And so he goes back up and he begs God's forgiveness on behalf of the people. He says, like, we're a stiff-necked people, God. We're stubborn. We don't get it. And God gives him a second copy, right, of the Ten Commandments. But he says to Moses in uh, verse 6 of chapter 34, he says, I am Yahweh. This is who I am. A God merciful and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. My anger will not burn against these people. For I'm a God who, who is patient in drawing my people to myself. And this is what David is referring to. God doesn't keep His anger forever. He shows us mercy and He shows us grace. He doesn't deal with us according to our sins. Repay us according to our iniquities. What we deserve. Death. Eternal separation from God. So, so we should bless the Lord, O oh my soul, for what He's done for me. That he, that he doesn't deal with me the way that He has every right to. He dealt with it in a different way. Romans 2 4 says, understanding this, understanding God's kindness and understanding his patience leads us to the point of repentance. Where we go before the Father, we say, I know what I deserve. Thank you for not giving it to me. More importantly, thank you for taking it upon yourself, which should then impact our lives that we live wide eyed. Like a child that comes down at Christmas and sees all of this, you know, the list of gifts that David gives us. And like a little kid coming down at Christmas seeing all of these gifts and wow. And the first reaction is to run over to mom, you know, or dad, or grandma, grandpa, 
the, the family dog, who knows, you just grab him, yeah, look at what we got. That's, that's what David is describing. He says this, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the steadfast love toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does He remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion on his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear Him. For God knows our frame, and He remembers that we are dust. God's love is huge as far as the, as, as the heavens are above the earth. In other words, it's immeasurable. We don't know where the heavens are. That's what David is saying. But, but that's how big God's love is for His people that He's created. For God so loved the world that He gave us His Son. What it should cause us to think about is just amazement and wonder. Wow. Wow. That God's love would be that big. Lamentations 3.22 says the steadfast love of the Lord, what? Never stops. It's always being rained down upon us. His mercies are new every morning. I wonder if we live with that type of gratitude. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, for what it is that He's done. He says, and our transgressions, our sins, are removed as far as the east is from the west. Another beautiful thing about the Hebrew language and the Hebrew culture is that east and west also meant sunrise and sunset, right? Sunrise in the east and it sets in the west, and that's how the day was measured. And, and it's this idea of people at, at the time, I have no idea where the sun goes, right? I have no idea where it goes at night when it well, I gotta go the right direction, right? When it sets in the west, where it comes from when it rises in the I don't know what it does when it disappears, but all I know is that it never, you know, that that, that space that it was believed never touches each other. That's this idea is the magnitude of how God removes our sins upon his decision to forgive us of our sins. Is that they will they'll never come. It doesn't say that, that our sins are removed as far as the north is from the south. You want to know why? Because if you were to start walking north around this giant globe of ours, and if it was possible, if you'd start walking north, eventually you would end up going south. North would meet south. He says east-west because if you start walking east, you will never travel west. East and west never meet as far as the east is from the west. But at the same time, what David is also saying is that, see, God gave rules on how to build the temple there in Jerusalem and, and how it was to be, to be constructed as he gave it to Moses and the tabernacle that the front entrance should always face the sun as it rises in the morning. It's a reminder of the freshness and the mercies and the grace of God every morning that, that the front of the temple would face the east and that the Holy of Holies where atonement would be made, where our sins would be atoned for, as blood of a sacrifice would be poured out, would be in the west. And so David is it's one giant picture of David helping people to understand is that our sins have been atoned for. The blood has been shed. And that separates our sins in the mind of in, in other words, that our sins will never be held against us. Because they're never going to come together anymore. Never to be seen again. As a father shows compassion on his children, gives grace and mercy. How amazing is this? Because we're his children and he loves us. But John 1.12 says that it's through Christ 
receiving Him that we have the right to be called children of God. Do you know Jesus? Have you received Him? Have you acknowledged that I, I, I need to humble myself before you, God. I have been going against your path and what it is that you want. And so, God, forgive me. Thank you for this gift that you have given me that could only come from you. It's the only way to make this relationship right with you. And I want to give you my life fully. It's the greatest blessing that we can give God. To end, let me give you what I think is one of the most beautiful lessons of all in the Hebrew language. So if, if you're not into this, if you're bored by it, uh, I hope that you won't be by the end of this by just going back to the word bless, Baruch. There's three letters, as I said, that make up the word Baruch. It's a bet, it's a resh, and it's a cough. Those are the three letters. Um, and, and as I said, uh, those letters, if you took them and had them stand alone, have their own meaning. And some of them, the meaning is gleaned from the ancients as just by what they look like. So we said Aresh looks like someone who is humble and bent over. A bet uh, is, is uh, taken as a picture of kind of a, a tent. There's a foundation there, and it's an open tent. And when you take uh, the Resh and you put it with bet, um, which, by the way, bet is the first letter of the word ben, which means son of. And so when you put a resh with a bet, it is though someone is coming out of a tent. Um, and so uh, standing alone, uh, a resh, not only means someone who is humble, but it can also mean uh, um, royalty, but it can mean the son of royalty. So put the resh coming after a bet and you have a son of royalty who has left his home. And then all that's left is this letter cough. Uh, I've got the one down in, in quotes uh, uh, underneath because uh, that's the, the letter cough as it stands on its own and the picture is one of uh, to represent a, a palm. Open hands. Uh, it's, it looks the way that it does at the end of the, the word Baruch is be, just... The way that, uh, look, I don't understand English alone, much less any other language. Uh, but but it, it looks differently because it, it's cough at the end of a sentence becomes kind of that strange structure. Um, but cough standing alone means uh, it's an open palm, but also can mean atonement. So when you put these letters together, and it's not always the case when you look at the Hebrew language, you can't look at every word and come up with some meaning, but there's some pretty important words in Old Testament that have really deep meaning, and this word uh, Baruch, bless, taken uh, alone uh, would mean um, a royal prince who has left his home to extend his palms to make atonement. This is why we bless the Lord. This is why we give praise. Because God our Father has done all of these things for us, but we could take this entire list and we could package it up into one thing, that He sent His Son to die for us, to give His life up for us, to forgive us of our sins. Jesus' mother sang about this as she said, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior because He has done great things for me. May we be blessed today because of what Jesus has done for us. May we understand it and then may we go out and may we open our palms and may we bless others.
Let's pray. Father, thank you for the beauty of your word. Thank you for what it is that you have done for us. But Father, this morning, as we've just talked about, we'll just stop and we just want to say thank you for you. You are an incredible God. Father, in our minds, we would say you could do anything that you wanted to do and, and you've chosen to love us and, and you would respond because you did through your word today. That's exactly what I wanted to do. Father, I pray that today each and every person would understand that they are loved by God. Not because of who we are, not because of what we've done. We're also, God, not tossed away from you, hated by you because of what we've done, but, but you still loved us and gave us your son. Father, our desire is that all would come to know you. We know that, as you've said, that you're patient with us. God, you're giving us this lifetime to understand what it is that you have done and to receive it. But there will come a day when those that don't know you, have not received you, do not believe in your Son, will be separate from you. We don't desire that. So may today, every life, follow you And may we go from here to tell others of your incredible love. Amen. Let's stand and close in worship.
Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, Emmanuel, Holy One, Son of God, Savior of the world. His name is Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, today just a practical way if you wanted to go and show God's love to people we uh, have had uh, a number of gifts that have been packaged that are back in the foyer today uh, that um, that we would ask there's just some people at Century maybe they're shut in maybe they've had a rough go lately whatever it is but they could really use just God's blessing on their life through you so if you are one that like I would love to deliver it pay a visit to somebody stop by and pick up I think there's a few left uh, from after first service But as we go from here, I just really pray that each and every one of us would have our our souls stirred because of what we know about God, to to love Him uh, with all that we have, to go out and to love others uh, with all that we are, to go and to make disciples, to tell people about Jesus. Pray that you'll have an incredible week and a really Merry Christmas. Father, as we go from here, bless us and keep us. May your face shine upon us. May you give us peace that we realize comes through your incredible love. Amen. Have a wonderful day, everybody.